0: If you're going to build something from nothing, you've got to know what really works. I took a $1,000 loan and built a $5 billion business, and now I make smart investments in new businesses on Shark Tank. This is Barbara Corcoran, and you're listening to Business Unusual. Today on Business Unusual, I'll answer your questions about business, motivation, life, or anything else on your mind. But first... You might think that hiring the right people is the key to success, but I can tell you, firing the wrong ones is just as important. You know, nobody really likes letting people go. It's never fun, but it's a key ingredient to keeping your business healthy. I used to think of it as pruning a tree. You need to get the biggest, most beautiful tree growing, and the only way to do it is to eliminate the reckless branch that shoots out here or there. Here are my rules for the best way to fire people that aren't working out. First, in the interview, you need to set clear expectations and deadlines as to when you need what result. If you're very clear with that, you give the candidate the opportunity to reach for what the expectation is and you also enable him to know when he's not meeting it. Next, you need to follow through to make sure that they're meeting that expectation and give them a warning shot. For example, hey, we have one month left. You're supposed to have your first deal within three months. You haven't been able to pull one out yet. What's going on? How could I help you as you know that three-month anniversary is coming up? That's simply called fair play. Of course, the final step is to let the individual know they have not met the clear expectations and it's time to go. You can't afford to let a deadline go by when you're building your business because the messaging to everyone else out there is don't take your deadline seriously. No, everyone I hired had three months to make their first deal. They knew it, and if they didn't do it, they were out. No hard feelings because everything was clearly put. I always loved Fridays. It was a day that I cleaned up my desk, organized myself for the next week, and also met the chronic complainers that I no longer wanted in my business. I never had a problem firing a chronic complainer, and here's why. My attitude was that they were like the thief in the night, reaching into your pocket, stealing your money, which was the attitude and energy of the business, and then running away for their own selfish motives. Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. They didn't get away with that. On Friday, I would ask them to come into my office and simply tell them, it's not working out here for you. And when they asked why, I simply cited the truth. Your attitude is different than the majority of the company, and it's just not a good fit. Let me tell you what happened the minute I fired a complainer. It was like pruning the tree. The rest of the business blossomed. There was a sense of relief in the whole company. Chronic complainers damage morale. They undermine your authority. And they have open membership to the Constant Complaint Club. Once you fire the chronic complainer, you're left with a team ready to rock and roll with no bad energy dragging the team down. That's a worthy clause. And now it's time to answer your questions on Business Unusual. Hi, Barbara. This is Jeremiah from Secaucus. Look, I love my company, but we just got this new manager and he's fumbling everything. I don't want to leave, but I don't see myself learning or developing at all under this guy. Do you have any advice for me? Jeremiah, you've got a problem, but not one that you have to leave the business to resolve. The first thing you should do is ask for a meeting with your new boss and sit down and level with him. But take the blame on yourself because it's good politics. Just walk in, make the appointment in advance, and then when you get the opportunity to sit down, say, I'm struggling with feeling like I'm making you happy with the job I'm doing. What could I do to improve? And then after he gives you the laundry list of what you should do to improve, say, there's a few things that would help me tremendously. For example, if I do something properly, could you just let me know that I'm on the right track and say, hey that was great. I really thrive on compliments and I'd love to hear from you. Or if you find something you don't like about me, could you tell me right away so I can improve? If you take the time to address the problem where you are, you learn to be a problem solver. If you run from the problem where you are, you learn you'll only find the next problem at your next employment. So don't give up the ship just because you have a bad boss, there are a lot of them out there. And if you don't like this one and it can't improve after your meeting, go ask for a different department head and see if you could transfer within the company. The grass is always greener on the other side. There are problems everywhere. Hi, Barbara. This is Sarah from Portland. What advice do you have for a right-brainer like me trying to write my business plan? Should I develop the skills or outsource it? Creative people, Sarah, often have a problem writing business plans, but can learn the skill if they read up on it and really try their best to do a good job. But if you don't feel like you're ever going to develop that skill set and you have a few bucks in your pocket to hire someone else to do it, by all means, that's a faster solution. Even if you hire a left-brainer, they're going to need your clear thoughts on what you want to do with your business, what you name it, how you're going to develop it, because that's really the essence of what's valuable in a business plan. So put all of that down on paper, your own thoughts, and then work with someone else to put it in a format and with the right words that make it clear. That would be my suggestion to you, Sarah. Hi, this is Lila from Scarsdale. I'd like to start my own business, but I'm very comfortable in the position I'm in. So what's the best way to get out of that comfort zone? Lila, if you have an idea on how to start your business, the most important thing is that you do it quickly. If you're afraid to change, sit down and write on a piece of paper everything you're afraid of, and then ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen if this really happens? Most people have no problem getting over obstacles, but the fear of what the obstacles might be keeps them at the starting gate. The most important thing in starting a business is to get it started because it isn't until it's started and out in the field and you're actually meeting people, asking prices, thinking about what's right or wrong, that you actually get valuable feedback. You'll never get it sitting at your desk. So get up, get going, and start your business. Remember, you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, tweet it at Barbara Corcoran And I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success on Business Unusual. Business Unusual is part of the iHeartRadio Podcast Network. Be sure to follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Our executive producer is Sandy Smolens for Audiation. Our mixer is Dave Savage. Chris Peterson is Senior Vice President of Podcasts for iHeartRadio.